Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing? I mean, it's a, it's not a beautiful day out. I love how you always say that again, Arash, but it is a beautiful day for the, for the Rams today. What a win. What a win. Amazing day for the Rams. Armani Buckets, did, did you watch the game? So, yes, I did, <laughs> but then, you know, second half was kind of boring me in a good way if you're a Rams fan, and so I tuned into the Laker game, which, what a good day for L.A. sports teams. I mean, both teams getting massive, massive wins, although, you know, one is a playoff win, one is a regular season win, yeah. but both big, big, big wins for both teams. Yeah, we got to start off with the Rams. First playoff game at SoFi and what an amazing turnout for the Rams fans again they got a lot of grief last week when the 49er fans took over SoFi Stadium it really got to the point where Sean McVay talked about it a a ton of players talked about it it was not a good look but guys there were over 70,000 fans at SoFi last night and I would say a good 95% were Rams fans you know the thing is they show up and show out when it's a when it's a Monday game. If it's a weekday game and the opposing fans are not going to travel, there's a great showing. And so kudos to the Rams fans who showed up and they stayed late. Despite the fact that that game was a blowout, they were there in their seats celebrating having a good time. 28 to nothing. And this one was done, and I I am shocked by it. I mean, the Cardinals, uh, you know, took it to the Rams at SoFi Stadium. They've been such a fantastic team away from home this year. I I thought it would be a really close game. Again, the third time they're, they're playing this season. So the first two games were not blowouts. So I definitely expected this to be a good one. It was a good one for the Rams, but not a good game just an amazing performance there. I mean, that defense showed up. Yeah. Like, and then some. It was just, that that was probably the most incredible defense I've seen the Rams play all season long. Uh, I mean, and that's not even including Donald. That's including, you know, Von Miller, um, all of the role players. And it definitely helped probably, too, that some of the Arizona's uh, offense and defense got a little hurt um, yeah. towards the end of the game. But, yeah, phenomenal. And then those picks that they... That they picked oh my up, God! That Kyler Murray pick. I mean, I, I get you don't want to have a safety in that spot, but you cannot. Basically, that was like a no look pass, and 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 it was a quick pick six. That was a Matthew Stafford like pick six, which we've seen a couple of times this year. That was a Jared Goff like pick six. I mean, you cannot have that kind of a pass in that situation. But speaking of. Matthew Stafford goes 13 of 17, 202 yards, two touchdowns. More importantly, though, no picks. This was the Matthew Stafford that the Rams traded for. This was the quarterback that they traded Jared Goff in two first-round picks for. This was the guy that, uh, uh, you know, I think G.A. was the first one to get off the Jared Goff train and say, hey, listen, if this team has hopes to win a Super Bowl, they cannot do it with Goff. They made the trade for Matthew Stafford. We'll see how it goes. Again, they they travel to Tampa Bay next week. 
to play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And here's the unique thing about that one. If they can beat Tampa Bay, and if San Francisco, and again, San Francisco is a team that's built for the playoffs. So I would not be shocked. Again, they're not favorites, obviously. But if San Francisco can beat Green Bay and the Rams can beat Tampa Bay, and remember, the Rams beat Tampa Bay this year, and they also beat Tampa Bay a year ago. If they can do it again, the NFC Championship game is at SoFi Stadium, and the Rams would play San Francisco again, a team that's beaten them six straight times, but at some point, that has to turn, right? At yeah, some I mean, point, do you really want them to play San Francisco? Because I, 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 don't. I don't want them to play Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I mean, listen, obviously, I want them to beat Tampa Bay. I want them to go to the conference championship game. Do I think the Rams have a better chance to beat San Francisco like at SoFi Stadium um, as opposed to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field? Yes, I get that they've lost six straight times. I do have to remember that the Rams did have a 17-0 to lead against San Francisco. I do have to remember that they had the lead with less than 60 seconds left in regulation against San Francisco. Again, this is a, a, a close, uh, you know, it's not like the 49ers blew out the Rams. So I would be cautiously optimistic that the Rams would not lose for the seventh consecutive time to San Francisco. But listen, obviously, I do like the Rams' chance to beat uh, San Francisco at home. The, the, in my view, if they have to go to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, where it's below zero, and Armani Buckets knows what it's like to be cold, I mean, really cold, not like Los Angeles cold. There is a difference kind of cold, right? A hundred percent. And, you know, we'll see what happens because this is a typical Packer type of letdown this weekend against the Niners. I feel like this is the type of game that you could see an upset happen in. But, you know, if it does come down to that, the fact is they added an extra week, obviously, to the NFL season, which means that next week's games would have normally happened this week. Yeah. And the reason why I think that matters is because it gets colder the deeper oh, into yeah. January and February you go. That's like the coldest time of the year. So you might be looking at a game next week in Lambeau that might be negative five, negative 10. And so if you're a Rams player that's not accustomed to that kind of weather, first of all, you know, first, first things first is Tampa Bay. And yeah. if they can handle Tampa Bay, um, you know, that game is going, first of all, that game is going to be electric because both teams are I think very very evenly matched in terms of personnel in terms of talent on both sides of the ball um but I really think that Lambo would be really really difficult I, per- personally I would definitely prefer the home game against oh, the yeah. team that we haven't had their number I no. would rather have that but then you got to imagine that at some point with as good as the Rams are I know it's psychological to a certain degree but I, 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 it is really hard, A, to beat a team seven straight times. It is just as hard, I think, to beat a team three times in one season. We've seen that happen before in the postseason where a team beats someone twice. They meet each other again in the playoffs for, for the third time, and that team finds a way to win. And so I really do believe if the, the championship game were to happen at SoFi, the Rams would find a way to win. And how amazing would that be? Not only do you play the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium, you play the conference championship game, but I'm getting ahead of myself, of course, because they have to play Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, and San Francisco has to find a way to go into Green Bay and win that one. By the way, we do have a phone number if you want to call in. Leave a message, give us your take, and we are giving away 
tickets this uh, month, not only for the Kings, but also for the Clippers as well. So give us a call at 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. The other big story. Again, the biggest story is the Rams won a playoff game. And by the way, the forum was lit up in forum blue and gold because, I mean, listen, it's, it was the former home of the Lakers, but now it's the home of the Rams. And it's so cool that like they're like right next to each other. So I'm leaving the game and it was really cool to see the forum lit up in forum blue and gold. But speaking of the Lakers, big win yesterday. I would say one of, if not their biggest wins of the season when you talk about how good the Jazz are. And this was a game that the Lakers had to have. And Armani Buckets touched on it yesterday. LeBron's tweet, his apology, things are going to change. And you're wondering how that's going to turn out. Are the Lakers really going to find a way to you know, turn around their season because of this tweet from LeBron James? If you just go off that one game... It looks like they may have. Again, it's not like they just won a game. They have had a really hard time getting quality wins this year. I mean, they've they've had wins that people thought could be turnaround moments. And I'm like, no, 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 that's a win against the Pistons or that's a win against a sub-500 team. This was a quality win against a team that they may, if they're lucky, may see in the playoffs. But they really had to have this one because according to The Athletic, and this made sense coming off of the 37-point blowout to the Denver Nuggets, Frank Vogel is officially on the hot seat. And according to reports, he is being uh, judged on a game-by-game basis, which is not going to be good with this particular team because they're not very consistent. I mean, if they had gotten blown out by Utah— the way that I'm reading this report, for Frank Vogel would have no longer been the head coach of this team, but they found a way to win. Um, okay, okay, let's first talk about the game. Let's first talk about the Lakers finding a way to beat the Utah Jazz post-LeBron James tweet. Again, that was the worst loss of the season. Again, they, they followed up the worst loss of the season with their best win of the season Hard to kind of say that this could be a turnaround moment, but a quality win there. I have never seen a team have such a roller coaster of emotions in terms of, (laughs) all right, so Saturday night, worst loss of the season. They lose by 37 to Denver. Then, uh, like you said, Arash, they come back and get arguably their best win of the season. And then I wake up, the first thing I see (laughs) the next morning is that their coach was about to get fired if they, you know, if they had a bad loss last night, which is just the up and downs of this season. So you go from really bad to really good. And then they have a very, very winnable game against Indiana on Wednesday. So you're telling me you could go from worst loss to best win to maybe again, if they lose to Indiana, that all of a sudden becomes worst loss. And then your coach might get fired. Can you remember a team that was this roller coastery no i mean the report for it to come out in the morning was so like classic this season's lakers because it's like you have this feel-good moment and it wasn't only about the moment the game itself was was a great game russell westbrook i mean what an incredible moment for him to it seemed like all of the demons of this season just came out of him on that dunk on gobert I can't even imagine what crypto sounded like when he did that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it sounded insane on on television, but being in the arena for that moment probably was the moment of the year if you're a Laker fan, unless you want to say one of those big Carmelo threes. Oh, yeah. But that was just 
Was that the moment of the season for you in crypto? It had to be only because, um, and again, my guess is that they were fully expecting to fire Frank Vogel because I don't think that they, I mean, again, when I say they, I think Polinka probably thought, okay, listen, I mean, they, they, they just lost by 37 points or whatnot to the Nuggets. If, if, if they lost to the Jazz and that would have dropped them to four straight losses, would have dropped them to 21 and 23, I think at that point they would have pulled the plug on Polinka and moved on. The fact that they found a way to win that game, it's very interesting that that report leaked out the next day because I, I think that they were they were good to go. This was sort of like, you know... That was such an embarrassing loss. You cannot lose. They were down by 40 points to the Nuggets. That means when that happens, you've essentially quit on your coach. You've quit on this team. This is not on Frank Vogel. There's a lot going on with this team. But the question now is, okay, so they play the Pacers on Wednesday. Again, to your point, a winnable game. Then they go on a long road trip. And the question is, does Frank Vogel survive that road trip or do they give him a one-way ticket back to home to pack his bags? Because here's the road trip that they will embark on this Friday, January 21st. They go to... The Orlando Magic then go play to the Heat, Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, Charlotte Hornets, and wrap up January 30th with the Atlanta Hawks. Come February 1st, I don't think Frank Vogel is the head coach of this team. This, the six-game road trip sounds daunting, but if you break it down, Orlando is horrible. Brooklyn is minus Durant, and it's in yeah. Brooklyn, so minus Kyrie. Atlanta that's, that's a great point. Bad. You said, like... It's actually a good thing that it's in Brooklyn because yeah. they don't have Kyrie. Yeah. So, you know, the Philly game, the Miami game, there's going to be difficult games sure. on that road trip. But, you know, if they do what they're supposed to do, I think a 500 road trip is feasible. But I do agree, knowing this Laker team, I don't think it's going to happen. Just because something is feasible doesn't mean that they can actually do it. And then it's funny because when it's not feasible, that's when they actually accomplish it. Yeah. But I agree that I think since the reports are just coming out like that, it just sounds like something where the next bad loss might be it for Vogel. Yeah. Well, and also... Um, going back to that Brooklyn Nets game, you also not only do you not have Kyrie, but you also don't have KD. Yeah, so in those there. so you I mean, your top three guys. Are yeah, are going to be out. So I mean, it's it's feasible. I, yeah. I don't know. You'd have to have LeBron James in that entire time, but it's still feasible for the Lakers to come up. And so Anthony Davis has been cleared for uh, non-contact, so he will be back on the court. I mean, it's at least the first step because here's the thing: I think Frank Vogel will try to. Tell Palinka, and I'm not sure. I mean, my guess is they will talk today because those reports are coming out. It's going to be headlines. It's everywhere. Um, allow me to have my healthy team. Allow me. Listen, we, we won a championship together. Uh, just, just don't, don't pull the plug on this quite yet. What are the chances, in your opinion, that he's fired if they lose to Indiana? I mean, here's the part about that report that really strikes me. It's game to game. So I really do believe it comes down to how they lose. The Nuggets game wasn't just that they lost, right? It's that they were down by 40, and they got to hear from Magic Johnson saying this is an embarrassment, and the Lakers fans deserve that. You can't lose like that. So I think he may be able to survive a loss. That's questionable. He cannot survive a blowout loss. It doesn't change your fact that in or your opinion that Indiana is fifteen and twenty nine, and that no, yeah, no, I, and the, yeah. Listen, you can't lose to a fifteen and twenty nine team 
when you're at home in front of the home. You know, because the optics, for example, listen, if they're losing to the Pacers and you got the home fans booing you and it just looks bad. The other thing is there's only so many things this team can do to try to turn around their season. There is not a big trade available. There's small trades available. There's guys that they can get. But the only really big swing towards the fences, make some headlines, and hey, we really mean business here, is you fire the head coach. That's always the simple one because it has nothing to do with the cap. You, you know, they could make that move today. The problem is we've seen this team without Frank Vogel. Because of COVID, we've seen them for a week without Frank Vogel. It didn't change anything. To be honest, if they, if they played well without Frank Vogel and it was like, well, listen, they actually like uh, you know, playing without Frank. Frank Vogel's not the problem. He will be scapegoated. There's no doubt about that. The fact that he's lasted this long, the fact that the Lakers are 22 and 22 and Frank Vogel is still the coach is amazing to me. I, I mean, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd be like, holy crap, they allowed him to survive that long. This is incredible. But that goes to the fact that he won a championship there. But at some point, they have to change something. And you mentioned the help is probably not coming to the roster. And then you had a report that Kendrick Nunn had a setback and that his knee might still be questionable for him to return this this whole situation with the roster the one thing that they can do right away is that they can sign Stanley Johnson for yeah. the rest of the season because I mean last night Rudy Gobert had to have flashbacks of Terrence Mann in the playoffs that was literally mm. the reason why the Jazz could not advance it was shown again last night and Stanley um, somebody said in the post game. I wish I remembered who said it. They said Stanley is the toughest guy on this team, which is crazy to say about a team with you know LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. But this kid has invigorated them and has given them this spark that they so desperately needed. And then it it rubs off because then you have Austin Reeves taking a charge. You have Tht playing great defense down the stretch. Yeah, their defense last night really really showed up. And that's the most frustrating thing if you're a Laker fan is because they show in spurts, hey, this is what we can do. It's just we don't always want to do it or we don't always have the focus and the discipline to do it. But when they do it, you're like... You know, if they played Utah in a best of seven, how do you feel? Do you think? Do you think? Uh, listen like, to your point. If they play defense like that, they have a chance, and that had to make Frank Vogel re- really proud. Because that, the uh, the one thing that I will say is, historically speaking, you go back to his teams with the Pacers. He is a fantastic defensive coach, and when the Lakers won a championship, they were a great defensive team. And I wonder to what extent they knew their coach's job was on the line. Because um, I don't know how tight he is with the guys who just got here but I would imagine the guys who were with the team that won the championship they don't want him to get fired they don't want to be a you know a 500 team um but there's going to be a story written at some point about all these guys who got a chance because of COVID, health and safety protocols. Stanley Johnson could be the turning point player of this team. He's not on this team without the health and safety protocols and uh but you know, when you look at the makeup of this team, it's just so weird when you see Trevor Ariza starting four points, Dwight Howard starting, getting four points. I mean, these were sort of like the names that they signed where a lot of people were like, 
Okay, I know that's a big name, and if this was like 2010, like that, that'd be a great signing. But like, yeah. I, what do they have left to give? I don't think Trevor Reza has a whole lot left to give. I don't think Dwight Howard has a whole lot left to give. I think that's why a Stanley Johnson could be a player who can really help them out. And by the way, Taylor Horton Tucker, no, no knock on him, but you know, 28 um, uh, minutes last night, 11 points, just. At some point a year ago, he could have been the guy that they flipped for a really big piece. I don't think that's the case now. Um, but when we come back, again, so much going on in Los Angeles sports. We will tell you about two superstar players that were at the Rams game last night that wanted to have nothing to do with the Jumbotron. They, uh, listen, whether that was a prearranged thing or that they didn't want to have anything to do with it, uh, we will also talk about the big Rams-Bucks playoff game coming up Sunday to decide who goes on to the NFC Championship game and what is the pathway towards the Rams perhaps hosting the championship game. We'll talk about all that and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Uh, Jihei, I want to give out that number one more time because we have so many ways for people to contact us. It is 310-400-0340. Again, we're giving away Kings and Clippers tickets, so hit us up, give us your opinion and how else can the great listeners out there contact us uh, before we go into that I really I wanted to ask the question what, what are these tickets um, who are they playing <laughs> <laughs> well listen we uh, not like this should matter because they're free tickets like no yeah we'll work with the uh, fine listeners out there and uh, figure out a game that they can go to so we'll we will have some options it won't be one specific game uh, but um, yeah you know Kings and Clippers uh, these are you know there's more than just the Lakers at Crypto.com <laughs> Arena, as uh, you've you've gone to a couple of like, Kings games. We'll all go at some point soon. Yeah, no, the Kings are a little on a hot streak, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm psyched for them. It's always great when the Kings are winning. Um, speaking of winning, guys, you, you can't lose when you email us. I know it's <laughs> old school. Um, or even call us in on that hotline at yeah. 310-400-0340. But that email address is arashmarkaziashow at gmail.com. Uh, all lowercase because I know everybody can't spell Arash Markazi, so that's why we're here. Yes, um, it is all lowercase A R A S H M A R K A Z I S H O W at gmail dot com leads us to our first question from Megan in Mar Vista who asks, "We're halfway through the NBA season, Arash. What has been your biggest surprise?" Biggest surprise, obviously, is the Lakers. I mean, there's a few surprises, but I'm just going to go on and just state the obvious here, that the Lakers are 22 and 22, that, uh, and by the way, that LeBron is playing like one of the top five players in the world still. I mean, like if you would have told me that the Lakers are 22 and 22 through 44 games, I would have thought, listen, like LeBron's 37 years old. He's hit a wall. At some point, that is going to happen. Obviously, some players are hurt. 
But the biggest thing is not only that the Lakers are struggling and just looking like a team that has no business in the postseason, but that LeBron is still playing like one of the best players. And um, if you would have told me what LeBron is doing this season and that the Lakers are still, you know, around 500 or below 500, I would have been shocked. Um, you know, again, not so much shocked with the Clippers because I kind of expected Kawhi to be out. And if you would have told me that Paul George was going to miss as much time as he did, and he looks like he could be out for the season. Um, yeah, no, no shock with the Clippers, but the Lakers, I mean, such a disappointing uh, season so far for them. And it doesn't look like they can turn things around. So I'm going to go with the Lakers. We're a little past halfway through the season, and the Vegas over-under on the Cleveland Cavaliers' win total was 26.5. Wow. And as of yesterday, they got to win number 27. With the trio of Jarrett Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland on the court at the same time, the Cavs are on pace to win 61 games. Now, obviously, they're not going to get there because they had COVID and injuries yeah. and such. But when they are together, that trio might end up being an elite trio in the NBA. And I don't think anybody expected Cleveland to be this good this soon. So they're definitely my surprise. Also, you know, just one more quick one. Atlanta at 18 and 25, a year after they made the Eastern Conference Finals. They might not even make the play-in tournament, which is just, to me, that's shocking because they have a legitimate superstar in Trey Young, and they just can't seem to figure it out. Yeah, no, my surprise is definitely the Memphis Grizzlies oh, and yeah. John Morant. 31-15. and 15. I mean, this kid's a stud. And with even without John Morant for, what, like a week or so, ten maybe 10 games or so, they still performed. They still yeah. stepped up. They still were able to win those games that they were not expected to win. So the fact that they are playing... <laughs> lights out yeah. without him is phenomenal and the fact that he has brought so much to the table for this Memphis Grizzlies team is phenomenal it just shows you um, no offense to all those older players out there but it might be time to step down and let the young guns uh, come <laughs> up and step up right so uh, kudos to that team and kudos they, they are definitely my shocker I mean oh, yeah. obviously Cleveland is a, is a great shock as well uh, Lakers I'm not going to lie to you I saw this coming, so <laughs> sorry, Laker fans. You had I, them at five hundred. I mean, They're not terrible. at five hundred. Not at five hundred. I maybe yeah. had them at like sixty or something like that. But like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think that they were going to be this bad. But I knew that they weren't going to be great. A championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought playoffs for sure, but I did not think a championship team with this roster. Yeah, um, especially with the addition of Russell Westbrook, which is proving me right right now. Even though he did have a phenomenal game last night. Um, yeah, that dunk was ridiculous. ridiculous. He does have his moments. He does yeah. have his moments. I mean, when you can get him going to the rack the whole entire time or like maybe facilitating, he's great. I have no issues with him if he does those two things. It's the shooting that kills me. I still can't believe it. I mean, listen, I am a fan of superstars and big names. And so, listen, I get intoxicated when I'm like, oh, Russell Westbrook is coming here. Rob Palenka should have known better. I mean, like the guy. But by the way, LeBron should have known better. I mean, how is he such a student of the game and just intoxicated by, you know, if we get Russell Westbrook, oh my God, the big three. And it's like you've seen how he plays. No one's more of a student than the game than LeBron. I, I I don't get how so many people called this, and the Lakers are just blinded by this. They had no. I mean. <sighs> I, I, I am speechless still that, that they made that trade. Anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, 
And you it, called it too, Gene. I 100 percent called it. I don't want to be like. Sometimes I actually forget that. I love being right, but at the <laughs> same, at the same time, it would be nice to be wrong for a change for you know two seconds about <laughs> about such things. So yes. yeah, um, sorry, Laker fans, but You're this, not sorry. no, not at all, not at all. This is a horrible decision. I just said it from the get go. It's a horrible decision. Anyways, thank you so much, Megan, for that question. We're gonna move on to Bruce in Huntington, who asks: The Super Bowl will be back in Los Angeles. Uh, for the first time in 30 years. Wow, 30 years? Yeah, it was 92. They had the um, uh, Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. That was a fun game. Where was, yeah. where was that game? At the Rose Bowl. At, okay. Um, wow, 30 years. Anyways, yeah. uh, Bruce asks, do you believe the Super Bowl should be in a warm weather city? I do. Listen, I mean, uh, I get why when uh, when new stadiums are built, you want to give them a big game. You want to give them a a platform a stage like the super bowl the super bowl shouldn't be in new york i think it was that that one year where seattle played the broncos it shouldn't be in cold weather towns again i think everyone's excited from around the world to come to los angeles just as they would be to go to miami or vegas or phoenix it should be in a warm weather place you should have parties by the beach or by the lake or by the ocean and have a good time and just being there last night, uh, 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 just seeing what SoFi was like for a playoff game was incredible. This was interesting. So, so Mookie Betts was at the game, and he was wearing his Rams jersey. I think he had, like, a Rams hat. He was a Rams super fan for the day. And on the big screen, they said, here's Mookie Betts or whatever. Like, they had his name underneath. And clearly right next to Mookie Betts was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. No reference to Kawhi, no reference to Paul George. And I can only imagine that that both of those guys, unfortunately, were booed by Rams fans or the Rams crowd when they went to games back when the Rams were at the Coliseum. So I got to imagine that both guys are like, hey, listen, we like going to Rams games. We definitely want to, you know, support our friends and the team. Don't put us on the Jumbotron, you know, and listen, if we happen to be right next to Mookie Betts and you want to put him on, great, but like, they don't want to get any attention because it's just not a good look. And so I just thought it was funny, like, I'm like, oh, there's Mookie Betts. And oh, by the way, like literally right next to them, him, and no reference underneath is uh, Kawhi and Paul George. They, they both look good. Um, you know, hope, uh, hopefully they both come back this season. But uh, yeah, I, I my guess is that's the players' calls. Is like, hey, listen, we want to come out here to enjoy the game, but we don't want to get booed again because that, that's not fun. Well, and also Kawhi's not that kind of guy that's going to be like, hey, look at me, look at me. Like, no, have me on the jumbo You know, generally, you know, they showed Dwayne Wade, they show Cedric the... I mean, like, Kawhi and Paul George, you know, are two of the best players in the world. And so they would normally be shown on the Jumbotron shortly just to be like, hey, well, we're here. My guess is they don't want any part of that just because of what they both got booed. And and I that's I think that's ridiculous. Both of them are two of the top 10 players, top 15 players in the world. They both call this city home they're from los angeles or nearby so i don't know i i, I just thought that was kind of interesting well i'm watching them on espn they actually did do a little highlight thing that's a good. package for yeah, them yeah, so yeah. they did do like hey mookie betts was at the game hey Kawhi leonard there's paul, paul george, george yeah, there's yeah, jay-z yeah. there's you know so uh they did do that they showed them but no, <laughs> obviously yeah. you're not you're not gonna boo them when you're at sitting at home exactly so, well you might but then the, no yeah, one can hear nobody you, can hear you. Yeah. yeah so but yeah i mean again i just think that a Kawhi just never wants the attention anyway no, that's just not who sense. he is it's not his jam so um 
Yeah, I, I don't blame them for not wanting to be on. But the I think, listen, to the questions to the original part of the question, I think even you two would agree. Like, I don't think the Super Bowl should be in Chicago. I don't think the Super Bowl should be in you know Washington or New York. I I think it should be in a fun place, good weather. Yeah, not where it's freezing cold. Now I agree with that with the Super Bowl. I'm curious, do you guys feel the same way about NBA All Star Weekend? <laughs> because it's the same kind yeah. of time frame, same part of the year. NBA is obviously an indoor game, but the whole weekend you're kind of spent. Well, I'm upset with the NBA because they obviously don't care. Again, we we connected for the first time uh, when the game was in Chicago. It was freezing, by the way, that weekend. It was freezing. And you know where it's going to be this year? Cleveland, Ohio. You you know where it's going to be next year? Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, what the heck is the NBA doing? I'm not saying it has to be in Los Angeles every year. But there should be some kind of rotation of Los Angeles, Miami, Phoenix. I know they didn't have a good experience in Vegas, and there's no team there, so we'll leave them out. But, like, New Orleans, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Miami. I mean, there's five fun cities that you want to go to. And, again, the All-Star break is a celebration. It is a party. So you go to towns that you want to have a good time. And Joachim Noah had the great line. I think it was about Cleveland. What, you think <laughs> Cleveland's cool? Like, I never hear someone say, like, I want to go on vacation to Cleveland. Like, that is true. You know, come on. Yeah, well, um, going back to warm weather cities for the Super Bowl, though, what if it's in a dope? Because remember when they did it in Minnesota? Granted, really cold, um, especially during February, but at least it's a dome. You can, you know... No, no, listen, it's so it's not even about that because so many fans go to the events that week, whether it's the Super Bowl or whatnot, and it's not so much about the game, but it's about like, I want to go out and party. Like the Miami Super Bowl experience is incredible. You go to South Beach, you go to these parties outside by the hotel and and it's it's just a fun time. When it's in New York and it's snowing and it's freezing, they it just it, it that's not a fun uh, trip. And so I get that the league feels the need to reward cities that build new stadiums, and but it, it, it's, it doesn't make for an enjoyable week, you know? Okay. I mean, that's fair. Um, thank you so much, Bruce, for that question. We're going to move forward to uh, Eddie Johnson from Marita Del Rey, who asks... I saw you were at the Rams game last night, Arash. What was your favorite moment in last night's game? You know what? It was just seeing all the Rams fans there. Again, they've they've been knocked this year. Uh, not this year. I mean, it was really more so the last game of the year against San Francisco for not showing up. And here's the thing about that. There's a ton of Rams fans in Los Angeles. I do think there's a difference between being a fan and being a fanatic. And here's what is the difference. A Rams fan who's been a fan of this team since they moved here five years ago. I think it was like 2017 or 2016. I forget exactly. That's not a long time. So they're they're fans of the team. Are they the type of fan that's going to drop 200, 300, 400 bucks to watch them? No. You know what kind of fan would do that? If you've been a fan of a team your entire life and your dad was a fan of that team and his dad's dad was a fan of the team, you are not going to develop a Green Bay Packer-like loyalty or a Pittsburgh Steeler-type loyalty after five years. And they are starting from scratch because I know the Rams like to hang their hat on saying, hey, we, we, we were the first professional sports franchise here back in 1946. Well, you know what? You also left Los Angeles in 1979. And I'm sorry, 
if you leave Los Angeles, even if you're two hours uh, south, that's not Los Angeles. No disrespect to Orange County, that's not Los Angeles. So the fact of the matter is, the Rams didn't leave Los Angeles in 1995. They left back in 1979. And then when, so when they finally came back, I think you had a new group of fans who were saying, hey, listen, I'll be a Rams fan. So you go out and you buy a $25 hat or a $20 shirt and you'll watch the game on Fox or on CBS and you'll support the team. And if someone says, who's your team? You'll say, well, listen, I'm a Rams fan for how long? Well, since they moved here, 2016. That that is you becoming a fan. So I, you know, kudos to, to the Rams fans out there who I talked to. He said, "Listen, I dropped a hundred bucks. I'm gonna support my team. Will they drop three hundred? No, because I mean they're not they're they're not that invested. That takes time. That takes time. So for fans out there that want to knock the Los Angeles Rams fans for not being a good fan base, they've been a fan base for five years." You got to remember, for 21 years, they were the St. Louis Rams. And I'm sorry, that, that, that is not a small detail. So the best part about it, and I tweeted about it, and I posted about it, it was really cool to see 70,000 Rams fans there. It felt like a Rams house. They call it, whose house? Rams house. Well, it felt like the Rams house, and that was really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They are starting from scratch, unfortunately. I think my favorite moment of the, of the game had to be that uh, uh, that that turnover to oh, go in for a touchdown. That, that was, was probably huge. the best. That's the best thing I've ever seen. That was amazing. Like you, th- you think that that's supposed to be like a blooper reel or something yeah. like that, right? Like, like a, a whoopsie kind of thing. Well, which it, which it was, but <laughs> whoops. Uh, but yeah, it was just phenomenal to see the defense show up like that. So yeah. I mean, if they can continue. You know, being like that, I think it's obviously it's helpful that you're playing a team that you played for now the third time. It does, right? So yeah. you definitely know their number, and hopefully that happens uh, if San Francisco beats Green Bay, which I don't think is going to happen. I but um, if it does, you know, at least you have a lot more film and a lot more experience against that team, and you'd be playing at home, so that'd be great. Um, to your point, though, Arash, as far as being because being from LA. Orange County is not LA. It's and not. I'm sure that people from Orange County are going to say the exact same thing. Well, because you know, it's so like easy to say that, that they that the Rams left Los Angeles in 1995 and they were gone for 21 years and I always push back on that. I say no, they left in 1979. They left Los Angeles and you know who swooped in? The Raiders. When the Raiders swooped in, that became their home. People forget the Rams shared the Coliseum. There were three teams back in the day that played at the Coliseum and it was USC, UCLA, and the Rams. And when the Rams left because they wanted their own home and they wanted suites and they wanted all that stuff, you lost Los Angeles's market. I'm sorry. I mean, it's the Ducks are not a Los Angeles team, right? So it's like it's that's why I, I kind of push back on that and I say they are literally starting from scratch. Now they have a great history to build on, but it's not like. You know, when they were in St. Louis, like where, I mean, they didn't have a fan base here. They probably had some fans. I mean, you know, but like there were more Cowboy fans perhaps here. There were more Seahawks fans perhaps here. I mean, there wasn't a big St. Louis Rams contingent. And I'll give you an example. January, and I think this was January of 2016, when the Rams were approved to move here, I went to a couple of stores to see if they had a Rams hat or shirt. There were none to be found. I probably went to five. 
Why? Because who who the heck is supporting the St. Louis Rams in Los Angeles? So you're effectively starting from scratch, and it takes time. Fan bases, uh, you know, you, you, you come to a team, and then, you know, you are a fan, then your kids are a fan, then their kids are fans our fans that's what happens that's what the packers have that's what the cowboys have the steelers you go down the list of teams that have been in a community for 30 40 50 60 100 years we don't have that yet but last night gave me a taste of where we're at and where we're going but it's hard to compete like if i have season tickets at sofi and i can basically make up the cost of those tickets by selling a hand like two games i'm gonna do that i'm sorry that doesn't mean that I'm not a Rams fan or I'm a bad Rams fan. I'm a fiscally responsible Rams fan. I basically paid for my season tickets because I sold tickets for two games. You know? Yeah, no, I've had friends that actually are uh, season ticket holders for the Chargers for that SoFi Stadium, but they, they've made up their money tenfold exactly by If you're playing that, the so Cowboys, you could basically make up the, 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 the majority of what your season tickets cost for that. If you're playing the Cowboys and the Steelers... You basically paid for it, so then uh, you're basically playing with house money at that point. You're enjoying all the other games, but th- that you you are not getting a fan base that's fanatical, that's traveling the country and dropping three hundred for a game. When I just became a fan five years ago, come on, it takes yeah, time. No, really quick. Yeah. Thank you, Eddie, for that question. Really quick, we're going to go to Aaron Lee's question in Ventura, who asks, "What's the better game, Rams Niners or Rams Packers?" Rams Niners, because I believe that gives the Rams a chance. I do believe that they're playing at SoFi Stadium. They have that confidence. Listen, they were up seventeen nothing on San Francisco. They've played them three times this year. It is really hard to beat a team three times in one year, it is really hard to beat a team seven straight times. So at some point, the Rams number will come up. They have a chance. I'm sorry, going to Lambeau Field, going to the Frozen Tundra, going to Green Bay in January, and Armani Buckets just mentioned it. It's hard to do. It's going to be sub-zero. Um, it, it just, it's, it's not a conducive environment for the Rams to be successful. So I do believe if the Rams can beat Tampa Bay and if some way, somehow, San Francisco can beat the Packers, I do think the Rams have a chance to play in the Super Bowl. If they have to go to Green Bay, that's going to be hard to do. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, warm weather is where it's at, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that even though they are they have a home field advantage, the Packers probably don't even want to play in, in <laughs> exactly. Lambeau. It's freezing out there, right? It's I mean, it's obviously it works to their advantage because it is at home, but yeah. yeah. Obviously, you want to play in warm weather. Way too cold. But hopefully, the Rams do what they got to do, and they beat Tampa Bay first things first. All right, let's leave it there for today. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.